Hey, well, welcome to church, everybody. So good to see you this morning. It's, what's, I just want to give a bit of a shout out, actually, to, to Darren, our drummer up here. Isn't Darren is uh, absolutely amazing, just a young guy, and uh, he's doing so well. So well done, Darren, and the rest of the team are doing fantastic. But, but the rest of the team are, are getting there. It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> so good. We're we are so blessed. Come on, let's give everyone else on the team a, a round of applause this morning. Fantastic. Yeah, that's better. Hey, so good to see everybody, and, and if you're here for the first time, my, my name is Daryl, and, and as Denny said, we are the lead pastors here at Elam Christian Center, Franklin, and it's a real privilege to have you with us today. If you're here for the first time, come on, everybody, can we welcome our guests one more time this morning? Big round of applause. Fantastic to have you with us, and, and, and I love the fact that, that here there at Elam Christian Center, uh, we exist to be a center of hope to reach, serve, and influence our community, our, our city, our, our nation, our district, our streets, and the world for God, and, and and, and I love it how that, that every Sunday when we come back, it's, it's like the, the sense of family. And, and because here's one of the things that, that we love, we, we, we strive, strive to welcome everybody as family because people matter to God. Uh, and, and people matter to us. And, and I love it that, that we're a church that will just welcome anybody and everybody into this family. And it's, it's just fantastic. The other thing that I love is that, that we do our very best to be relevant to all ages and all stages of people. And here's a bit of a shout out. After the service, there's a, there's a small group going on at one of the cafes. And, and so you can have a chat to uh, Grandpa John and Grandma Nairi over here afterwards. Or, or talk to somebody in a black t-shirt. They'll point you in the right direction. You can go out for coffee after this service. That's so, so good. And, and one, one more thing that I love about who we are as Elam is that we expect breakthrough. We expect breakthrough. You know, we, do, we just don't believe in, in, in praying for the sake of, sake of praying and, and taking a box. But when we pray, our team prays for, for you at our ministry time at the end of the service here. They will pray expecting mountains to move, uh, expecting breakthrough in your situation. And, and here's the thing. Please, next week, we uh, invite everybody you can. You, when you go to the supermarket next week and when you go to the service station or you're walking down the street, you might not even know anybody. But hey, why don't you just tell them, hey, why don't you come with me this week? Text me. Give me your number. Invite them to church because... We're that kind of church that invites everybody to come. Uh, church, this morning, uh, we are starting our, our new ser- brand new series for the next four weeks called Red Letter Revival. And, and, and if you're not aware, there's some, some versions of, of Bibles that have uh, the words of Jesus, the, the words that he said and, and used in, in red uh, color uh, in the Gospels. And so we're going to kind of pick up on, on, over the next few weeks, just some of the words that Jesus Said and, and in your notes this morning, um, you can follow the through there. You don't have to have your own Bible with you this morning. We've got it all prepared for you on the notes. But but if you've got a pen, that's really awesome because you can fill in some gaps there. But but here's the thing: John chapter six, verse sixty-three. Uh, it says this: "The Spirit gives life. Uh, the flesh counts for nothing. But the words I have spoken, that's just Jesus, has spoken to you. They are full of Spirit and life." Right from the very get-go on this, I want to tell you that that word spirit there is, it comes from the, uh, from the, the root word, it's called a pneuma, N-O-O-M-A. And pneuma means a blast of breath. So the spirit that we're talking about this morning, the, the words of Jesus are like spirit, that's actually like his very breath. And they're not just words on a page, they're just not, not read letters in a book, but they are the words of Jesus that have life attached to them. And, and, and not, not so much that they're, that, that they're just good words to read, but there's power in the words of Jesus. There's power in the words, that just the words itself, but also to fulfill what he's talking about in our lives. The word of God is living and breathing and active. And this morning, over these next few weeks, we're going to look at the words of Jesus 
which is a great thing to do, I reckon. Uh, but we're going to learn some, some great stuff and, and how we can apply things to our lives as we go on over the next few weeks. Come on, let's pray right now. Father, right here in this place, oh God, would you come in power and Lord Jesus, would you speak to our hearts, Lord God? I pray that, that Lord Jesus, will have ears to hear what you're wanting to say to us as, as individuals and as a church. And, and, and Lord, I just pray that, that Lord God, you would come, uh, Lord Jesus, you would take away every fear, every concern in this moment, Lord God, that we can know and sense that you're with us. So pour out your love, pour out your blessing, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Every couple of years... Every couple of years, I, I go, to the, go to the doctor, and, and like many people, maybe in, in New Zealand here, we have, you have moles and you have freckles all over you, and, and, and we go and do a thing called a mole map, and, and what the doctor does, he, he normally checks your moles and things, so, so I went to the doctor a couple of years ago, due to go back again, so there's a big health warning for everybody here, you should go regularly get your spots checked, uh, and, and so I, I went a couple of years ago, and the doctor, it was a new doctor actually, my, my normal doctor was away, and, and he started checking the spots and my moles on my arms and on my back, and, and then he kind of was pretty hard for them because I've got so much hair, but he was trying to look for all the moles and things on, on my head, and he was trying to spot them there, and then he looked on my legs, and, and then, he, then he asked me to take off my shoes. And, and so I took off my shoes, and I, before, I, I need to tell you right from the start, it was about three o'clock in the afternoon in the middle of summer, uh, and I had like, I was going to call them barter bullets or those van shoes on, so, so by three o'clock in the afternoon, my... The, he was brave. He was brave. So, so I, I take off my shoes like, like what I'm going to do here now. And, and, and so I took off my shoes and he, and he kind of held my foot in his hands. And, and I, I wish he had gloves on. That was my biggest thing. But, but I thought, we're starting to get a little bit friendly. This, this is a little, bit, a little bit close for my liking that he would uh, have a look at my, my feet and my, my shoe. And, and, of course, I took my, sock off and my socks off. And, and I'm just like, oh, gee, I could smell it. And it was, it was just <laughs> terrible. My feet had been sweating. And oh, it was just, but, but he, he didn't flinch one, he didn't, one little bit. He didn't flinch at all. And I'm kind of like, I could, I could smell it. It was just wafting through his office. Uh, but, but then so as he's got my, my foot in his hands and I've got my sock off there, he's, he's like getting my toes and he's kind of pushing them apart and looking in between my toes. He's looking for moles and, and spots in my toes. And, and it's almost like he got one of these things. And it's just like, oh, wow, those are nice toes, he said. Those are very, very manly toes you've got here, Mr. Booth, he said. And, uh, but one of the, I just, I, could, I was just like, oh, man, I felt uncomfortable. I felt really like, like awkward, like this is a grown man. He's, he's looking at my toes and he's got the magnifying glass and he, he's getting in really close. Now, now, I have to say that, that probably not even my wife has looked between my toes uh, before, but we might start that now. I might just see to check them out every year because it's cheaper. But, but so she, this doctor's looked between my toes and, he, and he, he saw some places of me that probably no one else has ever seen before. And, and, and it, was just, it was just felt awkward. And, 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 and here's the thing. I've got a question to ask you this morning that we're going to kind of look at today. And it's a bit of an odd question. And some of you will know the answers. Some of you won't. Some of you won't probably care about the answer, but some of you will be intrigued by this answer. But here's the thing uh, that we're going to look at today, and this is the question. What is between your toes? <laughs> what is between your toes? See, here, here's the thing, and we're going to look at that, and going to look at that in a bit of a, um, a, a, 
setting of, of what does this actually mean, but, but here we go. See, the thing is that we all have areas in our lives that no one else has seen or known about or, or that we don't mention about anything. This, we're, we're all the same where there's just stuff that, that maybe we're doing or, or habits or, or thoughts or filters that we have that no one else knows about. That we try to hide, like, like the stuff between our toes. We, we don't kind of want to put it out there because what will people think about us? Or, or what will they say? What will, will they do? And, and, and I, I want to tell you this morning, uh, right from the, we, we're going to hear lots about this today. And this, this is this, is that we are simply better together. You are better together. I am better together. We're all better together. Uh, there's a man called Edward Hale, and he said this. He said, coming together is a beginning Keeping together is progress. Working together is success. Uh, and here at Elam, we believe uh, really strongly in doing life together. And especially doing life together in, in small groups. We can come together on a Sunday morning and, and celebrate and praise our God and, and learn some stuff to help us on Monday and as we go to work. But, but the reality is when we get into small groups where it's like iron sharpening iron and we get to know people and, and people start to speak into our lives and, and, and that it really helps us to grow and build spiritually. And, and this morning we're going to look at one of the small groups that Jesus had. Jesus had a small group. There was 12 people in his small group. Uh, they were called disciples, but they come from all walks of life, from all sorts of experiences. But Jesus brought them together to equip them, to teach them, to, to love them, and to train them. And it's an interesting thing. We're going to uh, base this message today around uh, John's gospel. So, so if, you, if, you, uh, if you're new to, new to church or to the Word of God or the Bible, John's, John's gospel is, is, we call, is one of the gospels in the New Testament. And half of John's gospel... It, is, it tells the story about the last week of Jesus' life before he was crucified, over half of it. Well, we're going to look at five chapters tonight, or this morning, five chapters this morning, uh, chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, which is really, it talks about the story of his last night with his disciples. Five whole chapters dedicated to uh, one last evening that he had, Jesus had with his small group. You, you could say that these, these uh, red letters that we're going to talk about, the words of Jesus, were like his last words uh, to his small group, to his disciples, before he was crucified. So, so we're going to do a little bit of reading this morning. So, so if you've got your notes there, you can, you can listen along. But, but let's get into it this morning. John chapter 13, verse 1 to 8, it says this. It says, before the Passover celebration, uh, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He loved his disciples. So he spent his last night, his last night with those that were, were closest to him. And, and let's pick it up again. During his ministry on, on earth, and now, now he loved them to the very end, it was time for supper, and, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, uh, to betray Jesus. But Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. And then there's a big so. He knows what is about to happen. Jesus is there in his small group and is with his disciples and they're, they're having a feast. And he, he knows that he's about to go to the cross and to die. So this is what Jesus does. He, he got up from the table. He took off his robe. He wrapped a towel around his waist and he poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around him. 
Now, now I need you to know this morning that, that sometimes, and, and if you've been, uh, been a Christian for a while, maybe you've seen this kind of symbolic act of people washing their feet, but, but in, in Jesus' day, that, that, was, that was not the greatest job to get given. It, it was normally given to the, to the lowest, of, lowest of servants and, and, and even slaves because, because here's the thing, they didn't have shoes back then or shoes like we have today. Uh, and the, there, was, there was no concrete roads and no, no flash uh, footpaths, and, and so their feet were dirty. There was stuff between their toes that no one knew about, and, and you can imagine what they might have walked through. And, and, and so Jesus, he, he, he comes, and, and, and they call him, he's the teacher and the Lord, and, and, and so this, this, this kind of messes with his disciples because that's not the job that he should be doing. That's the job for the lowest of, of lowest of servant that they have in their house. And, and, and I think, I, I can just, just picture that sitting there. That, that if I was there, that would have messed with me. That Jesus, you shouldn't be doing that. There should be someone else who is, who is, who's paid the, the least or the lowest. They, they should be washing their feet. Not, not you, Jesus. But here's the thing. It's, the, the Bible says, when Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Like he's saying, Jesus, I've, I've been with you for a, for a few years now, and, and, and I love you, Jesus, but I'm just not sure about this. I'm not sure about, but if I, I'm ready for you to become that close to, to know even this, this messiest part of my life. It's uncomfortable, and he's really, really awkward. And, and Jesus replied this. He says, you don't understand, Peter. You don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. Here's the thing, that, that most people don't understand how important it is to have at least a few people in our lives that is that close, that they've seen what's between our toes, that they've seen us at our messiest, that they've seen us at our, our worst or our hardest. People don't understand it. Most people don't understand that. And, and this morning, we're, we're going we're gonna to look at that, continue to drill in into this, uh, and, and because better, we are better together. The whole five chapters that we're looking at really has two main themes about it. As Jesus is talking to a small group, the first one is he's talking about, guys, I'm, I'm going soon. I'm going to be leaving this world, and, but the Holy Spirit is coming, so you better get to know him really well. And the second thing that, that he was talking about was our relationships in these five chapters, characteristics of what it is to do life together, to do as I have shown you what to do. And, and, and we're going to look at that some more. And, but let's back, back at Peter. Peter comes back, and I think this is a bit like us sometimes, and where Peter is not comfortable with Jesus getting so close. And Peter says this. He says, no, no, you will never, ever wash my feet. But Jesus replied. He replied with this and says, unless I wash your feet, you won't belong to me. And, and I think, and see, don't, don't be like a Peter. Don't be like Peter here because of, because of being awkward or, or uncomfortable. See, the, the truth is that we all need someone to speak into our life, someone that we can take off our mask and maybe lift up the veil, someone that can, can give us some, some tough love, some, someone that can see us at our worst but love us anyway. We, we all need people like that because life is better together. Life is better together. Now, you might be thinking... How do I find that? How do I find that person or those relationships? Well, well, first and foremost, I'd say you've got to get into a small group. You've got to get meeting with people on a regular basis. And, 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 and don't, don't say right now. I know people, some people are thinking, oh, well, I'll just wait till next year. Don't wait. 
Just push your way into a small group. We've got some lists out there, and you can fill out a Connect card. We will get you involved and connected in. There's only a couple of months to go for the end of the year, but that doesn't matter. Get connected in because that's one of the prime places where you're going to build some great relationships or great friendships that will be able to help you and support you and encourage you to, to be able to do that. Don't be like Peter. Don't be like Peter and walk away. Maybe here, I, I kind of felt maybe there's some people here and you, you've thought about leading or hosting a life group. Come on, let's get involved. Do it, do it this week. Just fill out a card and we'll come back to you. We've got some training coming on on how to start a life group and what it is to be a life group leader. Get involved, get connected and just, just do it. You, you almost might be thinking, why do I need that? Why do I need somebody to speak those kind of things, to see what's really going on in my life, to like see what's between my toes. Why do we need that? Well, well, here's the thing. Life is so much better together. Life, life is so much better together. We, you weren't meant to live alone. You were meant to live in community. God designed you uh, and planned you to live in community. And, and there's five things we're going to look at right now, five characteristics, five values uh, that we all need uh, and to find and have a relationship like this, a, a friendship that can speak those words into us. And, and so we can, let's look at that right now. The first thing is this. We are better together because we can serve one another. John chapter 13, uh, verse 12 and 15, it says, And after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher, and you call me Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am, Jesus is saying. And, and since I am your Lord and your teacher and have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet too. For I have given you an example to follow, so do as I have done to you. See, I love this picture of Jesus where, where he, he's not too big to get down or he's not too, too important. His title is, is not so high and, and mighty that he, he, he's not going to get down and come down and wash people's feet. Now, Rich Wilkinson says this, if you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. If you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. And, and, and I think he, he was just playing with them. I think he was kind of messing with them with these titles and like who he really was because he says, do you understand what I was doing? See, they saw him as a teacher. They saw him as Lord and, and they saw his titles and his, his, uh, his names and his roles. But, but then he, as he said, do as I have done. And he models this behavior that I think each one of us uh, need to model. Uh, see, uh, I, love, I love our church. We have some of the, the best interns and staff and teams on this church. And, and, and I, I think as we go through life, see, there's times for us to serve, but then there's times for us to be served. Because we all go through stuff and, and, and we just need that, that loving hands and that loving arms or that support and that encouragement at times. And and, and hey, I'm the first one to put our hands up and say, hey, in this church, uh, I, I want you to join the dream team. I want you to get involved because that makes an incredible difference and makes a difference in people's lives. And the, but but our, our staff and our interns, they, I, I hear about situations with people in health and, and just struggling in life. And, and before I even kind of um, uh, do anything about it, they've already sent messages, they've already, they've already texted, they've already visited, they've already bought flowers or they've bought food for people and they've just sent it out there. And, and, and there's times that, I, and I love that about our church because ultimately people matter to God and people matter to us. When we serve, we make a difference in everyone's life. 
It's a privilege to serve. It's a privilege to, to get in and help people because in our lives, there will be times where we will serve but also need to be served. Make a difference in people's lives by serving one another. That's the first characteristic. The second thing, the second thing is this, is we are better together because we can encourage one another. Encourage one another. Hebrews 3.13 says, but, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. When's the right time to encourage somebody today? When's tomorrow morning? If you ask that question, when, when should I encourage somebody today? Next week, next Monday, today. Every day is today. Uh, there's a powerful, powerful thing that happens when we encourage other people. It's one of the great things about this relationship and what Jesus was talking about uh, in, in John chapter 14. There was a study done by the Pencil, uh, University of Pennsylvania, and they took two sports teams. One team over here, they, they had a cheering squad for them, and they cheered for them, and they encouraged them, and, and, and they measured what they did. And then there was another team here who had nobody. They had nobody encouraging, nobody speaking to them at all. Uh, this team here that had no encouragement, uh, they didn't achieve the results that they were even expected to achieve. They, they were drained and they, they, they felt like they were no good and, 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 and it just wasn't great. The team over here that had the encouragement uh, by this university study where people were cheering them on and saying, you're great, you're fantastic, keep going, they exceeded every expectation upon that sports team uh, together as, as a team but also as individuals. I think one of the greatest things we could all do today and tomorrow and this week is just find one person and encourage them. If you don't know what to say, start with their shoes. Say, man, those are nice shoes. If, if you're a little bit more advanced, you can say, man, have you just been to the hair salon? Have you just got some new clothes? That's, you, you do, and, and at work, you can say, hey, you, you do a fantastic job. You are what I, I, I love having you in my life. Maybe if that's in your family, we could pick, I'm sure, one person every day of the week to encourage because it will make a difference and it will change their lives. They will pick up. Uh, you know, encouragement is like to lift people up from where they are. If you go to Pack and Save, you could all target one of the Pack and Save uh, checkout ladies and say, wow, you do that beep thing really well. That takes a... And you could do it. And I can check up on you because my daughter's working there. So you could do it this week. Do it this week. Serve one another and encourage one another. The third thing is this, everyone. Uh, we are better together because we produce more with one another. We produce more. John 15, uh, verse 4 and 5, it says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. Uh, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine, for neither can bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, and apart from me, you can do nothing. It's so awesome to have Sanjay and Susan back with us, and they've just had a couple of weeks over uh, on a mission trip to India and Sri Lanka, and, and it was, it's, I just can't wait to hear their story. We're going to uh, have a lunch, and so everybody can see some photos and hear about their stories over the next few weeks, but, but Sanjay and Susan went to see some things that together as the Elam family that, that we've been working on for the last 20 years. 
There's been over 40 churches being built in India and there's thousands of people who've had medical supplies and thousands of people have been fed and leper colonies and people with blindness and there's been hundreds of sewing machines over the years. If I was to do that myself, we wouldn't have results like that. Because the reality is we are better together. We can produce more together. Today also, Pastor Mike from our, our Whangarei campus is in Bangladesh, uh, opening or starting Elam, Elam Bangladesh today. Uh, and uh, you might remember a few months ago, we took up a special offering. And so they're going to be presenting the Bangladesh Elam Church, first Elam in Bangladesh, with $40,000 to help build a building that you and I contributed towards. See, we can produce a whole lot more together. We are better together. We can change the world together. When, when we stand alone, we can really struggle. It can be hard, but together, when we stand united, we can produce a whole lot more. Uh, Leviticus 26 says this, five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase 10,000, and your enemies will fall. That's pretty good odds. Five to a hundred, or a hundred to ten thousand. Uh, the more we connect together, the more we unite our hearts together with the plans and purposes of God, we will also produce more to see people in our world come to know Him. Hallelujah. We are better together also, number four, because we can protect one another. Band, you guys could come up just quietly. That would be great. There's a great movie called The Blind Side. It was from a few years ago, and, and The Blind Side is about a guy called Michael who who was uh, come from a really dysfunctional family, and 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 he he got to know a, another family who were seemed to have uh, some of the great things going on, and and they kind of got him in, and they helped him through different situations, and and, and fed him and, and housed him. But but there's a great scene in the movie where where Michael was gonna uh, learning to play American football. Please get me wrong. If, uh, get, uh, forgive me if I use the wrong terms here, but uh, if you're American, but, uh, but Michael was playing as a part of the scrum where they where they line up, and and his sole job was to protect one of the key players in his team from his blind spot. He was his job was to was to kind of like guard him and to watch him so so that the other team couldn't come around the side of the scrum and and utilize that blind spot and, and take the key guy out. I think he was called a quarterback. Yes, that's right. Excellent. He's a quarterback. Michael's whole job was to protect his blind spot and, and to protect him, to push the other players away so they couldn't come and get him. Because what was happening was the quarterback is so focused on forward what's happening uh, that he was missing things out of his blind spot where the other team were coming. A bit like driving down the motorway and you're trying to change lanes. There's that blind spot where you just can't see. See, we're better together because we can protect one another. I realized that when the doctor had my foot in his hands and he was looking pretty close at me that, that he was pretty interested in to see what was going on there. He, he wasn't cared about, didn't worry about the smell. <laughs> he didn't worry that my toes were sweaty. He, he was just looking in there and to, to see how he could help if there was anything there that he needed to know. See, when we find that small group, those, those people and we, we open up and we allow them to speak into our lives, they can protect you. Protect you from the blind spot, from some of the stuff that sometimes we can't see. Some of the, some of the habits, some of the, the things that we say or the places we go. You, we, we, we need people around us in our lives that can help us with that blind spot because the reality is sometimes we can't see what the, what the destination is to what some of the things we are doing. 
people can protect our blind spot if we let them in, if we allow them to see, to have those moments where they can see between our toes in that sense, to see some of the stuff that we don't, we don't like. I hope you've realized that I'm not saying go and take off your socks as well and show everybody your toes. It's metaphoric. It's about the stuff that we are maybe carrying, the mask that we're wearing, that we... And that scene that we can find people in a small group and start to open up to them and tell them what's really going on in our hearts and lives. The fifth and final thing is this, is that we are better together because we can pray for one another. John 17, after Jesus says this, he looked toward heaven and he prayed. He said, I prayed for them. And in this situation, he wasn't praying. He said, I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. And he's really saying that he's praying for the closest ones that were around him at that time. And, and what an amazing picture that Jesus is praying for, for people like in his small group that he's interested in what they're going through and, and, and trying to help them in that journey and say, look, if you're going to do that, this is not going to end well for you. And he's encouraging them and says, guys, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. You can go out and pray for people and see them healed. I, I love that in a few moments here that our ministry team are going to come forward and, and, and they're going to they're gonna just be there and they're going to be waiting for people to come and they're going to pray their hardest for you. With whatever situation you're facing or whatever's going on for you, they believe, uh, our, our team believe and expect breakthrough. Uh, they know that our God is a God of the impossible. So, so you may be sitting there right now thinking there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. You'll come here and I know without a shadow of a doubt that they will pray expecting a breakthrough in your life. Because the God that we pray to is the God of the impossible that loves us, that loves you. He's got a plan and a purpose for you. They will pray uh, God's promises over your life. Uh, they, will, they will take a step of faith. If you're sick, they, they won't pray. They'll pray that you get better and that you get better right now. Uh, they expect breakthrough. If one of the great things I love about church and, and family and small groups and, and finding these key people that can speak into your life is that we can tell them this stuff and, and they can pray them, believe the power of God is going to come and transform and change your life and your situation. It's so much better together. It's so much better together. Because here's the thing. We is always better than me. We is always better than me. As we come to the, to the end of our service right now in the next few moments, we, we're going to take an opportunity right now. And, and, and what, what we're going to do, we're just going to take just a, a minute. Just a minute. And, and I'd like to invite you, just to, if you want to close your eyes, that's great. But, but here's a great opportunity just to reflect on what is God saying to you today? To just pray, believing that, that God, I need, to, I need to hear from you this morning. And we're going to take that moment right now. You can kind of forget about the person that's beside you right now. And this is a you and God thing. And it's just that, that moment and a bit of almost like quietness to, to say, God, God, I really got to hear from you today. God, I really need your help in this situation. See, maybe you're here and, and your next step is to ask God to, to help you find some people. 
that you can uh, form this uh, a, a strong friendship of supporting and praying and protecting and and you're, you're kind of feeling like you're out on a limb today. Can I encourage you? Maybe that's you. Take a step of faith today. We're going to fill out some cards shortly, but you can, that's one way you can do that. And then there's some other people here. And I really felt like there's some people here today, and you, you haven't been encouraged, you haven't had an encouraging word for the last 10 years. Can I say here right in this moment, I believe that God can speak directly to your heart right now. He loves you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to build you up and, and breathe life into your body and to life into your spirit and, and life into your life. Hallelujah. Praise your name, oh God. Lord, will you speak to people right now, oh God, being clear. Incredible wisdom, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Then there's some people, and you're here today, and, and you don't really know, you don't know who Jesus is. and you, You've tried life without Him, and, and you've come to a point where you said, this is just not working, I'm, I'm not fulfilled, I'm, I'm lost in life. And the truth is that God loves you, and, and He made you with a purpose in mind. See, the reality is, is that we all have messed up. We all have sinned. But God's grace is, is there for us. And that, that, that sin, it, it separates us from God. But, but today in a moment, I'm going to pray a real simple prayer. And, and if that's you this morning, I want, you to, I want to invite you to pray this prayer. And, and it's saying, Jesus, today I turn, turn from everything I've been doing in my life, and I'm going to do it your way. He extends His grace, His forgiveness to, to each one. And so if you're here today and you want to join me in this prayer, you just pray this prayer silently in your heart. After me, just pray this. Pray, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned, but I believe, Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old life and I turn to you. Come in and be the Lord of my life. Make me brand new today. I choose from this day to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Why don't, why don't we just celebrate right now for people that have prayed that prayer. Let's big, big round of applause. Let's make some noise for people who prayed that prayer for the first time. Church, what a great morning this morning. If, if you prayed that prayer, this is what I want you to do. Something really simple. This, uh, in, in the packs in front of you, I want you to tell somebody. Tell somebody that, that you come with today or maybe somebody in one of our black t-shirts because we want to help you on this journey. We want to get you a Bible and pray for you this morning. You can fill out an orange card and we'll contact you during the week if you've got to shoot off. But, but we would love to be able to help you on this journey. So good, everybody. So good. Father God, we praise you this morning. We praise you for everything you're doing, oh God. Lord, we thank you for the grace and your mercy poured out to us. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everyone said, amen. Hallelujah. Awesome. What a great word this morning. Don't we love the red words in the Bible? It's like I've got to really take note of this because Jesus said it. It's great, eh? Great message. Why don't we give Daryl a round of applause for that this morning? And can I say, if you did say yes to Jesus this morning, congratulations. You just did the best thing in your whole entire life. You might not know it, but can I tell you, you just did. It's really, really exciting. But can I also encourage you what you need to do? You need to keep coming to church. 
We all need to keep coming to church. We need to get baptised. We need to get into a small group and we need to do our growth track. Because why do we do our growth track? Because it helps us find our God-given gifts and our purpose as well. So I want to encourage you, if you give us four weeks of your life, four afternoons on a Sunday, we will help you find your discovery and discover your God-given gifts. Whether you've been coming for a little while and haven't done it or whether it's your very first Sunday, can I invite you along to Growth Track? We've got one happening today at our Cape Hill Road property. Just see them at the info desk. They'll give you all the details at 1.30 for just an hour. And there is Krispy Kreme donuts. If you're a Krispy Kreme fan. So it is well worth going to. But hey, look, if you are here for the first time or you've been coming a little while and you haven't filled out a connection card yet, you know what? That connection is so key. It is so key because it helps us to help to link you into the community because community is everything, isn't it? So why don't you fill that out right now or grab one later on in the foyer and you can pop it into the offering bucket.